We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. There we go. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Tara. Okay, so this morning, look, Ralph Norman, Representative Ralph Norman. Oh, yeah. Um, who I have to say this week, I don't say this much about anybody um, in politics, because I just generally don't trust any of them. But I got to say, Representative Ralph Norman is a hero to me right now. Um, For the absolute incredible bravery that he has shown um, standing up to Kevin McCarthy. And when you hear him talk about why they did it and what little they asked for and couldn't get, you can see the just, just a profound corruption of the Republican leadership. Um, it's not, it, I mean, it's, it's almost, uh, I mean, the Democrat, it's, um, it's, it's almost the same as the Democrats. I mean, it's, it's, it's really insane. Uh, Norman was explaining on Fox News this morning. I'm going to have the clip coming up. Still working on it uh, because he just said it. He said, listen, we went to Kevin McCarthy months ago in the fall. Right. Kevin McCarthy wants to be speaker, thinks he's entitled to it. He's already moved into the speaker's offices if he's royalty. Right. Um, And he said, listen, we asked for a commitment. That all bills and they can they change the House rules for this. Okay. All Congress members get 72 hours to read the bills to figure out what's in them, right? Is that extreme? No, it's not extreme, but we've heard that before. I mean, that's... Yeah, and your volume, the volume is so low on you. I'm trying to figure out. I can barely hear you, but I'm going to try to get through it. Um, Yeah, 72 hours to read the bills. And he's like, we, our staff, even using my whole staff, I I can't read the bill. I don't know what I'm voting for. And this is how Republican leaders work with Democrat leaders to ram through really awful stuff like, oh, hey, we're going to bar any of the money spent on the border in this bill from being used for enforcement. It can only be used to process the voter. I mean, the illegal immigrants. He's like, you know, basically what he's saying is we can't find that stuff. We don't know what we're voting for and that the Republican leadership is basically just as bad as the Democrat leadership in doing it. In fact, they often do it together. And it leaves Congress members powerlessly because you're sitting there going, okay, you're a Republican congressman, right? And you're going, um, well, well, I don't know what's hidden in the, in the Pentagon bill. It could be, I don't know, money to spy on American citizens and censor them. I'm, I'm not going to find it. They'll drop this thing at midnight and expect us to vote on it at 8 a.m. And, and, and Kevin McCarthy is just bad as anybody doing that, just bad as the Democrats, right? So he said, listen, we went to... Kevin McCarthy months ago in the fall and said, hey, listen, if you want our vote for speaker, 
Give us 72 hours to read the bill. Is that extreme? Doesn't sound like it. Is it does that make you a quote-unquote terrorist? As some Republicans are referring to people like Mal, Ralph Norman, you, you, you want 72 hours to read it? You must be part of some patriot movement. I mean, this Tucker Carlson was going over all the accusations that have been hurled on Fox News and other stations at these Republicans. Uh, extremists, part of the patriot movement, terrorists. And he said, listen, we just, that's all we asked Ken McCarthy. Can we have 72 hours to read the bill? Even with that, they're going to struggle to find all the awful stuff in it. McCarthy said no. And that's why we're here, Lee. That's why we're here. Again, these are normal things. Normal Americans, Democrat, Republican, Independent, in between, would listen to that and go, yeah, you know, our, my Congress member, left, right, center, should be able to read the bill before they vote for it. But yep. Kev says no. He said no, flat out no, because he thought he was going to have the votes. He didn't need to listen. And they've been over this again and again and again, and Kev wants 72, he says 72 hours. These Republicans are going to find what he puts in the bills. So we're seeing the profound corruption of the Republican leadership that I've been telling you and anybody will listen to for so long about. And Kevin McCarthy didn't want to give up the ability to lie to and hose his own members, his own Republicans, about what's in the bill. But knowing full well they wouldn't vote for it if they knew. Now, that doesn't sound real extreme. The extremists are the Republican and Democrat leadership working in tandem. That's where the extremism is. And so here's your problem. And then what, here's the other thing they want to do. Uh, he says, we want to break out these spending bills, eight, nine, ten of them. Because they want to lump them together and give us eight hours to read them all, right? To hide what they're doing. Yeah. We want them broken out into seven, eight, nine bills, right? Because here's how Kevin McCarthy right. has been um, gigging his own members. He knows, like say Ralph Norman, right? Does Ralph Norman, a Republican Congress member, does he want to vote against the defense bill? That would sound no, really bad no. in a Republican primary. Right, exactly. Wow, this guy voted against the defense bill. He's against defense. He could have an opponent saying that, probably right. one funded by Kevin McCarthy, because yeah. Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell have spent tens of millions of dollars going after conservatives in the primaries. They're not even interested in defeating re- de- Democrats. They're interested in repeating, defeating Republicans who ask questions like, why can't we have 72 hours to read the bill? So, you know, Norma doesn't want to get caught in a primary against an opponent who says, look, you voted against the defense budget. When Norman's like, well, I voted against the defense budget because Kevin McCarthy wouldn't let me read it. And he lumped it in, you know, with... Four or five other spending bills to make extra good and sure my small staff couldn't read it all. So now I've got a terrible choice to make. Do I vote against funding our troops? Because God knows what's in these bills. So this is the level of extremism and terrorism practiced not by the 20 Republicans who have voted no against Kevin McCarthy, but by Kevin McCarthy himself. These are Nancy Pelosi's tactics. And they are being done in tandem with the Democrats. Lee, it's outrageous. Yeah, this is the way things are are done, and that's part of the problem. And the problem is, he said, listen, this is how Kevin McCarthy and the Democrats working together have managed to make this country poor. And he said, and he went on worrying yesterday, he was on Fox News this morning, Ralph Norman is right, and he's flat out saying it. We are going broke. 
We are going broke. It's not just a matter of $31 trillion is a lot to be in debt, almost 32. It's not that. He said, listen, and, and I've been talking about this right now, this year, we paid the highest interest on the debt ever, $400 billion, right? That's a massive number. How big was the omnibus they just passed in December? 1.7 trillion. Trillion, right? Now, think about this and your mind will explode because the federal government's going to collapse. In 10 years, according to the Congressional Budget Office's own predictions, the interest on the debt will be $1.9 trillion a year. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The entire omnibus budget, right, that's going to fund the federal government through September, the one we just passed, right, right before Christmas? How much was that again? $1.7 trillion. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. In 10 years, the way they're spending the entire interest on the debt will be $1.9 trillion? $200 billion bigger than the budget they just passed? Who does, uh-huh. the, who does the U.S. government go to to get a refinance deal? It collapses, Lee. There's no other way around it. In five years, do you know what the interest on the debt's going to be? The way they have spent? Lindsey Graham, too. I mean, Lindsey Graham voted for the infrastructure bill. You can't say a lot of it was Democrats and party line votes, but a lot of it wasn't. So what's the interest going to be in five years? A trillion dollars? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What was the entire omnibus bill to fund the government through September? 1.7 trillion. trillion. Yeah. We, we, Lee, we don't collect, let me spell this out. We don't collect enough tax money. If we don't have a budget, zero dollars and zero cents to pay the interest on the debt. So let me give you, a, let, let me spell this out. The, the omnibus we just passed was 1.7 trillion. Do you know how much of that we're going to print and borrow? One trillion. So we just passed a bill in December that was $1.7 trillion. We're going to borrow or print a trillion of that. In five years, the interest alone is a trillion dollars a year. Well, you can't just borrow and print the interest and have no budget. That's where we are. And it is terrifying. We, we're looking at, I mean, Lee, honestly, you start doing that. We're looking at having to cut things like the military. That's how broke we are. And it is absolutely sobering once you understand this very simple math. And he said, like, you know, Matt, Ralph Lauren Norm was talking to Steve Bannon, and they were both saying, look, the, the, the understanding or caring, whichever it is, about this level of printing and borrowing in Washington is almost childlike. You bring up the debt and... These people will say, oh, well, you know, it's $31 trillion. It doesn't matter. It's all good. Okay, but what about the interest? Well, shut up. I've got enough votes to be speaker. So here's, here is Norman, you know, trying to explain this. If he didn't understand that the debt is a problem after, what's, after he's lost six votes on the House floor, I don't know when he will. Uh, and we told him. They couldn't get him to understand. And so what these 20 are saying is, listen, we're going to have to start to make cuts and we can't get the fat out if we're not allowed to read the budget before we have to vote on it. Does that sound extreme to you? Not in the least. Yeah, it's not extreme. And I can't hear you, Lee. I'm sorry. I did something wrong with the volume, but, um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap up, actually, right now so we can go ahead and get that fixed. We'll be right back.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, folks. Okay. We are just normal people living in extreme times. You start listening to what is going on right now in Washington. And the problem, I think, is a lot of people are thinking of Kevin McCarthy as a Republican. He is not a Republican. Matt Getz explained it perfectly. He is owned by lobbyists. And... America is broke, and Ralph Norman is walking around telling us, America's broke, we're broke. And so that is not a Republican issue, that's not a Democrat issue, that's not conservative, it's not liberal. We are literally mathematically broke. And a lot of people focus on, wow, we're $31.5 trillion in in debt. How, How much is that? That's an economy and a half. We owe the entire economy, all of it the entire annual economy of the United States, and then another half of an entire annual economy. While you were at work, Congress spent the economy. Think about that for a minute. It is absolutely stunning. It's staggering. There aren't any words for it. Not really. And then the basic math I'll run through again because I was getting some questions on it on the text line. It's very simple. Okay, we just spent... Just did a budget, an omnibus budget, right? It sounds wonky, but it'll shock you. Stick with me. We just did an omnibus budget, $1.7 trillion, right? We passed it. Uh, Mitch McConnell betrayed uh, his own voters to pass it with the Democrats so that the Republicans couldn't take office in January and do exactly what they're doing right now, which is try to stop the hemorrhaging, try to stop the printing. $1.7 trillion is what it costs. We will print or borrow a trillion of that $1.7 trillion. That's shocking, right? Well, there's interest on that debt. You got interest on your car loan? Yeah. You got interest on your mortgage? Yeah. You probably shop that interest rate. Interest is important. It determines what you pay. 
So to put this in perspective, in 10 years, the interest on the debt annually will be $1.9 trillion. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. The entire budget they just passed was $1.7 trillion. Yes. In 10 years, the interest alone will be $1.9 trillion? Mm-hmm. And we already had to borrow a trillion dollars of the $1.7 trillion budget we just passed. Yes. So the United States of America would find itself in a position of being able to fund pretty much nothing. We'll have to cut big ticket items like the military. Because there literally physically isn't enough tax money coming in to do any of it. It doesn't matter how much they raise taxes. That's irrelevant because the more you raise taxes, the more you crush economic activity, the less money comes into the treasury. Lee and I have been over that again and again and again. You can't fix this by raising taxes. You can take 50%, it won't matter. There's no answer to it. Now get this. In five years, according to the the, uh, Congressional Budget Office, five years, the annual interest will be a trillion dollars. That's just the interest payment. We don't get anything on now. We just pay the interest on the debt. A trillion bucks. Again, how big was the whole budget that we just passed, the omnibus? $1.7 trillion. Are we at a borrow or print a trillion of that? These, these numbers don't make any sense. This is not right. It's not left. They, you know, and, and the days when this was conservative versus liberal, they're long past gone. Where conservatives say, well, we should have smaller government. We shouldn't spend as much. Liberals wanted to spend a lot more. Th- that's, that's over, okay? The days when we could have or afford the luxury of having that debate, that's over. The only place we are now is how long can we keep the federal government up and running before it collapses? Now, look, I'm one who believes, and it's going to be ugly, I'm not going to lie to you, the best thing that could happen in this country is collapse the federal government. I wouldn't have said that a year ago. But we are now at the point this week we covered this in the Battleground podcast yesterday. It was an excellent Battleground podcast, if I do say so myself. You can always get Battleground by texting keyword Battleground, all one word, to the text line 71307. State Department alone was censoring you and requested the shutdown of 250,000 Twitter accounts. Most of them Americans, journalists. These people are like the Stasi. I mean, they, they, they absolutely are the Stasi. And I detailed it yesterday in the podcast. It's jaw-dropping. When the government goes down, it will take the economy with it. Or we're going to live in a social credit-style full surveillance society. So, you know, at some point, is it a bad thing if the government collapses? Well, it's bad in that we won't have a military. I'd say it's bad in that we won't have a border patrol, but then they're not allowed to do their job anyway. All they're allowed to do is process the future voters and put them on planes at your expense. Um, And, you know, people who legitimately depend on the government, who are legitimately disabled, uh, who are in care facilities, I don't know what they'll do. But this is where we are, and this is what Ralph Norman is saying, that the only difference between the Republican leadership and Ralph Norman is an upstate congressman, absolute hero to me this morning. Thank you, Ralph Norman. You are a true patriot. You are not a radical. You're not a terrorist, as Republicans are calling you. You're a normal, common sense American. Common sense Americans, if they understood this, would say, no, 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 we can't do this. I mean, literally, literally, we can't do this. 
In Washington, the plan at this point is, well, we'll just keep printing money until the collapse. Well, how about we plan not to collapse? Nope, can't speak of that. And to prevent Republicans who care, there's only 20 of them, unfortunately, uh, Jeff Duncan and William Timmons are not in that group this morning. Very disappointed in them. Very disappointed. Our other two upstate Congress members, they, Ralph Norman, really needs your help, needs your backing to stop Kevin McCarthy. At least they're trying. At least they're trying. And that was Ralph Norman's point. Where we are right now in Washington is the Democrat uh, leadership wants to get quickly to the collapse. And the Republican leadership, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, would like to go slightly slower. But the collapse has been decided on. It's scheduled. The only question is, are we going to make it five years or are we going to make it a full ten? This is where we are. This is the absolute reality, and it is shocking. Steve Moore, former uh, economic advisor to Donald Trump, did a, a really great, you could Google it, piece on this in New York Post this week. These are the numbers. This is, this is from the Congressional Budget Office. We are in end stage here, and this is why Vladimir Putin is in Ukraine. And this is what, because this is a currency war. They see what is coming. They see the collapse that is coming. It is hard, cold math. And they're like, well, let's, you know, world's going to need to replace the dollar with something. Might as well be the yuan and the ruble. Some combo of that. And that is why they are printing money to fight him. The only way we have is to maybe take out Putin. That's how our security state looks at it. And maybe if we could collapse that government... They can't compete with our dollar. That is what is going on in Ukraine. Those poor people, their country is just the address that we're fighting this fight at because of the very spending right there. And to watch Fox News scream and yell because we can't have Kevin McCarthy back because we can't go broke on schedule is shocking. But it's where we are. Look, folks, it's not all bad. I mean, I know this all sounds kind of depressing, but here's the thing. I mean, I've long since reached the conclusion the federal government needs to collapse. There's no other way out of this. There's no other way to rein in the FBI. There's no other way to rein in the State Department, the DOJ. The, the Pentagon, the, the military is now censoring you. I mean, when, you live in, when you're at the point where you live in a military dictatorship that censors you online, in the company of the CIA, and they're not even legally supposed to be operating on our soil, much less censoring us, government collapse is the only way out. And Kevin McCarthy will ensure that. As will, you know, as as will Mitch McConnell, as will Chuck Schumer. They will give you that. And that's what Ralph Norman is saying, and he's incredibly courageous to say it. Incredibly courageous to say it. So thank you, Representative Norman. I wish our other upstate Congress members were as courageous as you are, but this speaker vote has exposed a lot of people and showed us exactly where they are. And you, sir, are exactly where you should be. Thank you.
Are you following what's going on in Idaho? This murder case? Holy cow. Holy cow. Okay, so here's what's going on, and you probably know this. Uh, they arrested the, the guy. They got the guy who did it, who stabbed the four college students to death. And so now they've put out the affidavit, the indictment. In other words, this is the evidence they used to arrest him. And what is inside of it is so bizarre. I mean, it just it boggles the mind. I fell asleep thinking about it, just trying to put it together in my head. So the story as we knew it before were that there were six people in the house, right? He breaks in, kills them one at a time. And what made it so shocking was that he was able to kill four people, including a male, each one so quietly that the next one, who was next in line, wasn't alerted. So that's what made this so unusual. This, this was obviously an individual who'd put a lot of time and thought and planning into it. Now we know that, by the way, from the affidavit. He had stalked his victims for since, since August, basically for three months. But that's not the most shocking part. Let me ask you a question, okay? Kind of hard to imagine, but let me ask you a question. You, you are, you, you get up one morning, you step out your door. Door your bedroom, you're a college kid, whatever. Look around. It's a bloodbath. Total bloodbath. You see that most of your roommates have been murdered. What do you do? What would you do? Well, we know the answer to that. Former FBI agent Jonathan Gilliam, uh, who has processed so many of these crime scenes for the FBI, knows what people do. They always do the same thing. Some combination of running screaming from the apartment or home. And who do you call? Who do you call? 911. You're scared to death. You don't know if the guy's still in the house, right? Normal human reaction. Do you know what the what, what the roommate did? Not that. Not that. Cold? Not 911. Not the cops. They're friends. And had them come over. To the murder scene. Yeah, so they could all check it out. What? Okay, remember how bad that murder scene was? One of the first pictures out of Idaho of these mass murders was what? It was the outside of the house, right? The foundation, and the blood is dripping, literally dripping out of the house down the foundation, which apparently was fascinating. Call the cops? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah. We'll call it friends. It contaminated the crime scene. Here's Jonathan Gilliam back in November reacting to how absolutely bizarre that decision was and how uh, he had never seen anything like it in his career from this room, this surviving roommate. This was such a saturated uh, crime scene. That morning when people actually called uh, other people that came there before police even got there, I find that to be the oddest, strangest thing I've just about ever heard. Uh, yeah. He went on to say I think he'd never seen it before in his entire career. You call your friends to come over and hang out at the murder scene? 
And he said it caused a problem. It contaminated the crime scene. This crime scene is going to take time to filter out because you got to remember, there's DNA everywhere. There's things, blood that was everywhere. So things are going to be tainted. Okay. So he goes on, he's talking to Todd Pyro on Fox News. He's saying, this is the strange thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything. I've never seen anybody do that. Well, let me tell you what. This roommate was a dingling. I mean, full-on, mind-blowing, mind-numbingly stupid. Wait till you hear this part. This is in the affidavit. I read every word of it yesterday because it dropped my jaw. I guess just having been a crime reporter back in Charlotte, I just, I'm very interested in this kind of stuff, especially when you see people do things that are this jaw-dropping. And, you know, a lot of people have wondered, where are the roommates? You'd think they'd be, I don't know, doing interviews, getting their 15 minutes of fame, angling for book deals, but the roommates are nowhere. Especially not this roommate, DM. And a lot of people, they, the, the person is called DM in the affidavit, right? In this, this Idaho mur- murder. A lot of people wondering why, you know, where are the roommates? Why aren't they showing their face in public? This is why. This is why. Do you know what happened the night of the murder? It's about it's a little after 4 a.m. This is in the uh, indictment affidavit. A little after 4 a.m., this roommate who goes by DM, their initials in the affidavit, hears some noises in one of the victim's rooms. Thinks she's playing with a dog, but then hears her cry out. She's crying. Hmm. Opens the door, looks around in the hall. I don't know what's going on. Closes the door. Opens the door, looks around in the hall another time. I don't know what's going on. Opens the door the third time. It's a little after 4 a.m. And sees a man wearing all black with a ski mask. You can only see his eyes, walking down the hall of her home. Would that strike you as strange? I mean, you know, you personally, your apartment maybe back when you were single or maybe you're single now. You just open the door of your apartment. There's a guy. uh, He's walking through and he's in all black, ski mask, four in the morning. What would you do? What would you do? Well, she told investigators that she went through a frozen shock phase. Frozen shock phase. Okay, that's totally normal. I mean, it scared the heck out of me, right? Probably scared the heck out of you. Frozen shock phase. To be expected. But what she did next, there's no words for it. Goes back into her room, closes the door, locks it. Okay, that makes sense to me, right? You're very afraid. You've, you've just seen a man in a ski mask go down the hall after you hear your roommate cry out. You're scared? Cool, all right. I'm, I'm with you at this point, right? Self-defense, natural human instinct. And then you call the police, right? No. She didn't call the police. Not for 15 minutes. Not for an hour. Not for one hour, two hours, or three or four or five hours not for eight hours huh you weren't wanting to check on your roommates I mean a guy in a ski mask and no okay cool you aren't worried that he might come back to the house no apparently not she saw him exit out the glass heard your roommate cry out you care no you don't okay cool And when you finally do call the, well, you don't call the police. You call your friends to come check out the really cool murder scene. What? 
But that's what happened. That's what happened. This is Joseph Scott Morgan, uh, the forensic expert on Fox News. The whole country is attempting to comprehend this and not doing very well at all. One question I still have, and I don't know if you can expound upon this, why does there appear to be that eight-hour gap between when the roommate, who's still alive, encountered the defendant and when that roommate then called 911 or when the 911 call was made? Thoughts? Yeah, massive mystery. I don't know if, you know, some people have actually opined that she may have passed out at that point in time. We don't know what her status was physically. How was it that the police, 911, wasn't alerted. We've got a huge gap of time. More information is going to come out, and we're going to find out what the status of DM is. I got to know. Roommate sees man in mask after hearing other roommate cry out. Locks self in room for eight hours? Checks on no one, calls no one, does nothing, yell out the window, no, eight hours? What the? I passed out maybe for eight hours. I mean, had been drinking, passed out. I, I can't. But then, you know, but but you're, you're, you're not so intoxicated that you couldn't have, you, I mean, she had, she had fr- a frozen shock face, so she understood exactly what she saw. She was with it enough that she gave an absolutely accurate dis- you know, description of the killer to police. They were able to use it, even down to the guy's eyebrows were bushy. And that checked out, so she couldn't have been too out of it. I was trying to think about it. I mean, maybe was she stoned? You know, in other words, was she, what, was she on drugs? She'd been using drugs and didn't want to call the police because she might be arrested herself. Maybe some funky pot smell in there. I mean, I, I can't. I just, I, the, and then when you finally do make a phone call... It's not to the police. It's to your friends to show them the cool murder victims and all the blood. Oh, I can't wait to meet this person. I can't wait for this interview. Yeah, the text line has exploded. I just say absolute bizarre behavior of the roommate. I can't wait to meet this lunatic. I was talking to my husband about this last night. I was like, if that was one of our child children who had been murdered like that, I'd sue the heck out of that roommate just to embarrass her. I wouldn't even care if I won. So... These are the facts. If you're just tuning in, um, straight out of that affidavit, if you're wondering, people say, what are your sources? I read every word of the 19-page affidavit, indictment affidavit. It's all laid out and in it. You can read it yourself. Um, and people are marveling at this this morning, including Todd Pyro and Fox News. I mean, so many other people. You heard your roommate cry out. First, she thought, you know, the, she was being murdered um, in the other room. You hear her cry out. We know that happened because... A video camera on another house nearby actually caught it. It was that loud. That it was, that and the barking of the dog was caught on video camera in a nearby house. Okay, so this this was loud. This wasn't a little thud. You open your door. You see a dude. He's coming down the hall. He's wearing all black. And he's got a ski mask on. You can only see his eyes. Now, a lot of people saying she must have been drunk. Well, couldn't have been that drunk. 
She absolutely nailed the description of him to cops later. Right down to his bushy eyebrows. She got him. She even got his build right. That He was um, not big, but he was athletic. Yeah, that's him. She said seeing him caused her to go into a frozen shock phase, quote, unquote. That's what she told investigators. And I would, too. I mean, wow. Okay. There's a guy in my house in all black in a ski mask. He's passed me in the hall. I'd go into frozen shock phase. And then she locks herself in the room. All that makes sense right up into the point of, wait, 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 wait. You didn't call cops for eight hours after that? No interest in checking on the room. I mean, you've heard your roommate cry out. You've heard the thuds, the dog barking. You've seen the dude in a ski mask in all black. You check on your roommate? Nah. Hey, how about you call your roommate self? Nah. What did she do for eight hours in her room? Oh. I don't know. And look, it's not just me. Again, I mean, this is uh, Joseph Scott Morgan, his forensic expert on Fox News this morning. Him and Todd Pyro are like, whoa. One question I still have, and I don't know if you can expound upon this. Why does there appear to be that eight-hour gap between when the roommate, who's still alive, encountered the defendant and when that roommate then called 911 or when the 911 call was made? Thoughts? Yeah, massive mystery. I don't know if, you know, some people have actually opined that she may have passed out at that point in time. We don't know what her status was physically. How was it that the police... Yeah, I mean, so it's nuts. Passed out for eight hours. But you were with it enough to note all of those details correctly about his prison. I, I can't... The only, my husband and I were like, shit, were they, were, they, were they doing drugs? Was she doing drugs? And she didn't want to call the cops because they would have smelled the drugs or... Pot. You know, and you know how on all those cop programs they look in your eyes and see you're stoned or whatever. She was afraid she'd be in trouble, so she just didn't. Eight hours. What the heck? Texture writes, Tara, that would be called callous indifference by DM, this roommate. You know, a lot of people on the text line saying this. Um, that this, I mean, this is just, this is this generation. They're just selfish. Texture right sounds to me like she's an accomplice. You know, like I thought that, and I'm sure the investigators checked it out. Um, but I think they'd, I can see why they'd be able to exclude the, the roommates just because they tracked the killer, the Idaho killer. I mean, he stalked them for months. So they would know where the roommate's cell phone was too. They would have known all that. Texture right somehow I don't think you would be in frozen shock phase. I think you would start unloading lead. I mean, I don't know what you're going to, I don't know what people are going to do, but, but I do know eight hours. I mean, that's a lot of time to think about a thing. Texture writes, suing the roommates would be wrong, Tara. What if G- DM was your child? If DM was my child, we'd have a very long conversation. Maybe get some treatment and I'd be expecting a lawsuit. Texture writes, my big question is, why is she still alive? If she's not enough detail to identify him, why didn't he go after her? I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's a wonder she's alive. Maybe we'll get some answers to this. Texture writes, she's involved. Talk about the, the roommate DM. She's involved in something that is dark. She knew the roommates were going to be killed for something that they did. And if she did anything, she would be next. I don't know about that. I mean, 
again, we've got, they've got cell phone records. If he, if the killer acted with anyone, they would know. Because he stalked them for months. And, and we know that. They can, they, can, they can put the cell phone where it was. Texter writes, how long did it take the police to rule out DM, the roommate, as a suspect? I don't know that. These are things that are going to be absolutely fascinating to find out. And look, folks, I'm going to leave myself a little room here. Maybe there's an answer. Maybe there's an explanation. Whatever it is, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. And again, I mean, so you got a former FBI guy and a former forensic expert going, we've never seen anything like this in our careers. We have never seen this kind of behavior. Wow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.